We could all use a laugh right now, but it sort of feels like comedy movies aren't what they used to be. Is that true, or is nostalgia playing a factor? We get into that and so much more with two comedians, Josh Johnson and Logan Nielsen, on episode 93 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. Jessica Quaz is still out working on some things. In the meantime, been having some very fun guests. Really excited for today's guests. We have Logan Nielsen and Josh Johnson. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. Yeah, I'm doing, doing well. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I'm, I'm real excited uh, to have both of you on. Uh, two hilarious comedians, uh, oh, Josh you. <laughs> yeah, Josh is writer for The Daily Show, and uh, they're both, you know, co-hosts of the Josh Johnson podcast. And I'm here, too. <laughs> and Logan Josh, is Logan. Josh has this this great storied career, and I'm his friend. <laughs> Who knows how buddy. to edit. I know how to edit on GarageBand, so we started a podcast. <laughs> and they have an intense air hockey rivalry. <laughs> that is true, actually. That is absolutely I mean, true. I really we, wouldn't call it a rivalry. It's yeah. not a rivalry of somebody getting dusted every time. You I know. know. I mean? like if somebody, I know. If somebody's getting He's dusted He's always every getting week, himself embarrassed. And that's so, cute. That's that cute. cute, right? That's cute that you think that you're ever winning a game of air <laughs> hockey against me. All right, can't be touched, can't it's be fine. stopped. It's it's just sad. It's sad to see someone lie to themselves so much, you know. Uh, and it's like now that he's getting bigger and the world's coming up in the industry, he's just he's surrounded by yes men. I'm the only one who's treating him right, you know. I'm the only look, one look, bringing him look. down to earth. See I what pray. I think, you guys. <laughs> what you guys need to do is you need to go full pro wrestling style and just like cut promos on one another and we do like a little hype video. Oh, that's actually not actually a bad idea, Brandon. Record that's a actually, match. <laughs> that's actually not bad. No, we. <laughs> I would love to just do a full episode where we just only talk about air hockey or do a podcast while we're playing air hockey so you just hear that clack like the whole time. Just really yeah. make it horribly unlistenable would be great. It would barely Absolutely. be clacks. It would be swishes from it going in his goal every time <laughs> because I can't be touched. All right. Well, uh, we're. <laughs> I would love to talk about air hockey. Uh, good. Let's do it some more. But one thing we're going to be talking about today is the state of comedy films nowadays. Uh, before we jump into that. Uh, Please, uh, guys, introduce yourself. Tell the fans a little bit about yourself. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Logan, uh, if you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Logan Nielsen. I'm a very good air hockey player. Uh, I've never been beat by anyone, especially not uh, scrawny little punk bitches. Uh, but no, I'm a, I'm a comedian. I've been doing it for oh, eight or nine years now. Time uh, has no meaning, so it's who's to say? I, I, maybe I've been doing mics for six months. I don't know. You don't know. You don't know me, listener. Deal with it. Enjoy the mystery. Embrace the mystery of life. That's what I'm telling you. 
but I'm uh, I lived in Chicago. That's where I met Brandon, and uh, but now I'm back in Iowa, which was meant to be a, a temporary uh, stopover between my next move and then a a, a global pandemic started. <laughs> so, so now I'm still hanging out in the old middle of nowhere, but uh, but life's pretty good. Uh, that's but I I now I co-host and produce a show for uh, a, a weak-wristed man. Uh, named Josh Johnson, who I'll introduce here. Hey, Josh. <sighs> okay, somebody think he cute. All right, so here's the thing: <laughs> the weak wrist, the weak wrist thing, <laughs> is 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 like an actual physical ailment that I have. All right. Yeah, so from you, getting you, beat at air hockey so hard. Like you know when someone you know basketball when you break you ankles, hockey, when right? you break ankles in basketball, <laughs> you can do that in air hockey, but it's wrists. Introduce. I unleashed the dogs here. Oh, <laughs> you did. This, was, this was your bad, Brandon, for starting the show with air hockey. I want to let you know right now. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Um, my Yeah, my name is Josh Johnson. I do comedy, and I dust fools on air hockey tables <laughs> in a way that, like, is unprecedented, all right? Like, I'm surprised, I'm surprised he even standing at the table when I get done with him. Anyway... Uh, past that, I run a podcast with my friend, and sometimes not friend when we're at that air hockey table, because then <laughs> all friendships are, all bets are off. Uh, we've been doing the podcast for a little less than, what, like six months or something? A little, little but more it, than six months. A little more than six months? Okay. But it, it feels like it's been five years. Uh, yeah. We We have immediately taken to it in a way that felt natural because we do just spend hours talking. So yeah. I think that was a that was a good way to open up the show with, where at, at first it was very miscellaneous, just random stuff, but then we quickly leaned into uh, the stories that we have with each other and just from our past and everything uh, that I think are interesting and, and really fun to listen to. And I think that we have a shared experience, not just with comedy, but like being friends in Chicago and everything. We learned a lot about each other. And so mm-hmm. some of that cuts through with, with the podcast and everything. So I like to think of the podcast as like an inside joke for everyone. You know, like I, I know that oh, that's it's like nice. a bit yeah, that's a nice elevator pitch there, but I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I haven't heard that one. That's good. Yeah. When I bother people at elevators, that's why I say to them, uh, <laughs> By the way, it's called the Josh Johnson Show. We didn't. I don't think we said the name of it. But it's called. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> so so our, our elevator pitch isn't great. But yeah, it's okay. yeah. Our elevator pitch is definitely going to have them googling something. Yeah, yeah. We and we promise we only talked about air hockey once on the show. There's a bunch yeah. of other episodes that are not about that, about a that, bunch of other wide ranging topics that are very fun. We, that's going to be you a know, spin-off, its own podcast, it's going to be on its own network. Oh, we've, and, you know. we've talked about doing an air hockey spinoff for no one. <laughs> There's three people that would be into it, and we're two of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I will say, guys, about your podcast, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Uh, you know, as a comedian myself, one of my favorite things to do uh, is just hang out with comedians because it's so much fun. Uh, it's one of the things I miss, especially during oh, the lockdown, yeah. uh, you know, not having re- uh, more than one comedian in my bubble. So uh, listening to your podcast, I've listened to about five so episodes and uh, and I'm saying this not to just talk these guys up, but just genuine as a uh, as a listener. I was a huge fan of it. It felt like I was just sitting there while you guys were hanging out and. 
just the stories that you guys tell uh, just get me going to where I'm just sitting <laughs> in the kitchen doing dishes and like laughing alone. And it's like, I feel like that's a rare thing for like podcasts to make someone just laugh by themselves. So yeah. uh, big no, fan, please check out the Josh Johnson I, show for sure. Thank you, Brandon. That's amazing. And yeah, like I know Josh has a kind of mellow demeanor, but he has lived a cartoon existence. So some of the stories are absurd so uh that's, yeah. that's what it mainly is also well, i talk to a lot of strangers and then they tell me stories and so then uh i i have the benefit of uh people telling me you know this crazy thing and then i'm like hey can i tell people that and <laughs> they usually say just don't use my name and then i'm like <laughs> Yeah, all right. So I tell Logan, I'll be like, hey, listen, I was told <laughs> this story. Now, in between, you know, yeah, I've I've had the pleasure of uh, of living what should have been a normal life. Like I like I wasn't I wasn't doing anything crazy. It's not like I come from like a military family where we traveled a lot and I should be having all these experiences. Sometimes I was just like leaving the house and uh, and like something bad happened. Yeah. So I've, I, I've found the really the main difference between our lives, Josh, is I listened to my mom when she said don't talk to strangers is really all it is. So I just didn't I didn't have a lot of weird interactions with people. Yeah, <laughs> that one yeah. Thing, just about. the veer off. It's all it was. It was that one choice. It was that heads or tails decision that really yeah. <laughs> led us different ways. Yeah. I, I mean, I also just make a lot of eye contact. So like I just even when I moved to <laughs> Chicago, I moved to Chicago and legit. There were there, <laughs> there was a homeless guy one time where I was leaving Trader Joe's with a with a coworker, and uh, this homeless guy just looked at me and said, "You look like you want to talk," and <laughs> and me and my coworker just sat there while he like told us about his day, and it wasn't that crazy. It wasn't like wow. a crazy story, but he was clearly like. I just love someone off. reading that on you. Just like you, yeah, you look like a big vulnerable teddy bear. Here I go. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I like to think that you just stood there, just like you know what? I would like to hear stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was it was wild. It, it was sure wild was. only because he initially just seemed like clearly this is just a person that needs to talk to somebody, right? So I was happy. Like I'm not doing anything else because I'm barely talking to my coworker because she was like done yeah i mean like we were both just exhausted we closed the store that night and uh and then he tells us just like you know milling around so like that and then out, out of nowhere he's like hey do you have an orange <laughs> <laughs> and, and she did she like <laughs> she had she had an orange okay I mean, this man's from the future obviously <laughs> He saw that we worked at Trader Joe's because of our, our uniform. And then he saw that she had a bag of Trader Joe's goods because she had a Trader Joe's bag. Or because since the, the Trader Joe's shirts are like the tropical shirts, he just thought you guys were living that island life and for sure would have some citrus on you. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, hey, do you have an orange? And then uh, pineapples yeah, she, or what? <laughs> she gave him an orange. He continued to tell us about his day for like six stops. Like it, it was a real shame that I lived all the way out the north side. And then, uh, and then at the end of the story, I forgot about the orange. And then at the end of the story, he holds up the orange peel and is like, see, I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it was to like, like prove like uh, I guess to prove he was hungry. I don't know. Like like I, I it's a thing I've thought about. It's what ever we thought since you were gonna I'm do like, with it. Like, I'm like man, when you are like when you ask someone for something, at least in like a homeless capacity, you really there's a part of you that like weirdly people feel like you need to prove to them like I'm going to use this money to buy food I'm going to eat this food I'm going to whatever and like we don't have that with anything else like no like like no one gets a scholarship for college and then years later someone checks back like did you become a surgeon though did I waste (laughs) my money did I waste my money? Did I, I mean, just get people give do that? They're I think called, they're, yeah, I was that. gonna say they're called parents. Yeah, <laughs> or grandparents. Yeah, but that, but that's that's totally different though because they love you. Like I'm talking about a stranger. Like you're, when saying, you're saying, like the whatever the chair of the scholarship doesn't call you. Yeah, just like, like are you, you are you in the operating room right now? Because you should be. Right. Yeah, like when you get awarded a scholarship, they don't ask you if you're going to buy beer with that money. They, I mean, really just assume, <laughs> I guess, because they're sending you to college. They don't care. They just want you in debt to them, man. See, what I love so much about it is he didn't just ask, do you guys have any food? He, asked he said, for an orange. do you have, yeah, he specifically asked, do you have an orange? And you I feel orange. like at that point you have to, like it, you have to give it to him because he guessed what was in the bag. Or what if yeah. she just reached the bag and she's like, I didn't buy any, but here's one. <laughs> that How did would you be, do that, sir? That would be horrific. That would be, cause yeah. then you would, you would be good at magic, but not for you. Like, but then like he, it yeah. would. It wouldn't benefit. You'd have magical powers. And then he opens but it was, the orange and he's like, "Is this your card inside?" And, the- and yeah, it's like I and didn't like, pick no. a card. And he's like, "Shit, you're the wrong couple. I'm sorry. I got. I'm supposed to be on a different car. I think." <laughs> Dang. Well, this is almost like a little snippet of what yeah, happens on the Josh. That was basically show. the show. <laughs> Yeah, is yeah. something that seems like it'll be a remedial story just goes a direction mm-hmm. you're not expecting. Yep. Yeah, you know, you think you're gonna talk about <laughs> just introducing your podcast, and you end up with homeless oranges. Yeah, See, anyway, we should well, let you do about- yours, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not, actually, I'm just a guest of the Josh Josh. Yeah, so that's what happened. Right? <laughs> but I'll just say one quick story now because we're all telling stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is with you, Logan. Um. I so I think this was you had already moved to Iowa, but you would come back for shows in Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, it it was a day that I had off work. I think it was like a Labor Day or something, and my girlfriend's like, "Have you ever tried mushrooms before?" And I was like, "No," and she's like, "Oh, oh I know this is good. you're." <laughs> she's like, "You're gonna." It's a beautiful day outside. You're going to take it, and I'm going to – I'll watch you. I'm not going to take any. And, you know, obviously I went on a journey that day. Uh, but as I was kind of coming down from it, still feeling it, but, like, needing food to kind of just, like, I feel like come back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to walk. I lived around the corner from a Subway Sandwiches and um, – which I don't know why I said the the full name like yeah, Subway James Sam. Well, they're a sponsor, uh, so <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, I just need something in my face now. Um, it doesn't have to be good. And uh, we're walking, and then I realized because of the day of the week it was that there's a mic and a show at a bar between my apartment mm. and the subway. Yeah. And I think in the distance I saw you and and Cameron Little and maybe someone else I knew. And, like, I didn't know what I looked like or, like, what – I was still kind of, like, just trying to 
remember you, what you, life was like you normal. You looked like you had just gotten <laughs> dumped. Like you looked like you had just like you were walking off like a hard conversation. <laughs> but I said like, hi to you and I was like, Oh hey Brandon and then he like didn't really give me anything. And I was like, This motherfucker already big time in me. You know what I was we, just more like they have no like I think I was more like they have no idea and also I don't know what I look like and you know like I'm trying to remember what was like life like before being on mushrooms you know like I was still processing normal life and I think I got to Subway ate like half of a sandwich yeah and then was walking back it was kind of like back to normal just in that walk yeah and then I think I said hi and was just like okay and then remembered it later like message you i was like hey man i was i'm sorry i was weird i was trying to come back to real no, life <laughs> it was all it was all good after you because when you first walked by i was just like geez okay all right man like we just met like a few months ago and like you just saw me a couple weeks before i moved so it's like you know we're not strangers you know like <laughs> i was i was on a mission to just get you know fuel because you get that every now and then you know you, you get to know comics and then suddenly they start getting a little bit more than suddenly they ain't got time for you so like oh okay brandon already reached that point okay i see how it is fine all right he's too big for me i see how it is, I see how it is. yeah right. meanwhile brandon is walking like why why is that blueberry looking at me <laughs> Yeah, and then and I was like, was "Do you have an thing. orange?" And he was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I just needed an orange, and I would have came back to came back to real it's life good for but, that stuff. But all right, well, that's that's a little snippet of pretty much what like the Josh Johnson show is like. I'd just say so. Telling stories and yeah. cracking up. Um, but yeah, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about with a couple comedians is something I've noticed the last handful of years, and you know, I think it's because I'm a comedian and also, you know, a filmmaker, but just the state of comedy movies nowadays, it feels like they don't come out as often as they used to. It mm-hmm. feels like anytime you see a trailer, they give away all the good jokes and it's just I don't know, to me I feel like it's something that studios just aren't taking a risk on them anymore or it's only like maybe a couple in the whole year. It just it feels like totally different from when we were growing up. And like it felt like, you know, Sandler movies, Will Ferrell movies, uh, you know, Chris Farley, David Spade, you know, like all these comedies mm-hmm. just coming out constantly. So a uh, handful of things I want to talk about with this, but I wanted to talk about just is this something that you guys have just noticed both maybe as comedians or just, you know, your own personal entertainment, uh, just comedy movies not being what they used to be anymore? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think this is my thing. I I feel like Galifianakis was like maybe the last recent version of like a Sandler or Farrell where it was like he's in a lot and he's very good. Like like Melissa McCarthy's another one. Mm -hmm. Um, But with Melissa McCarthy, I feel like hers started to be a bit similar to each other. Um, Whereas I do feel like Galifianakis is was in like Hangover and then Masterminds and like he really was starting to build even some of the ones that didn't really hit as hard like was it the politician it was the one with Will Ferrell yeah. in it as well and it's like the campaign the, the campaign, campaign yeah. yeah even though the campaign didn't hit as hard it's still like incredibly funny and it, and it's and it's one of those things that's like 
I look back on that movie and actually I've watched it maybe three times now and I've laughed really hard at it and really enjoyed it. Um, but overall, I think that, yeah, there's a there's sort of an old Hollywood approach to comedy stars like carrying a movie. So now it's like right. you used to like you used to have to be like a Sandler or a Melissa McCarthy or, or or something just to like get noticed enough for them to put you in a movie that was all about you and funny and everything. And now it seems like you have to be at that like superstar status, like the way Kevin Hart is. Um, and that seems like the last gasp of one person carrying a, a major release comedy movie. I feel like everything else has been, and this is all like sort of pitter patter and stuff um, examples, but I do think that a lot of it now is down to being ensemble and just being like, man, everyone in this, you know, thing was good. Or having a bunch of sort of uh, dr dramatic actors or just, like, popular, you know, actors and actresses be in a comedy. So, like, something like Neighbors. It's, like, out of, outside of Seth Rogen, no one really thinks of, like, Zac Efron when they think, like, oh, this movie's going to be hilarious. You know what I mean? So Right. It, I think that's the move that's happened in the last few years. I hope there's a shift, but I also think that the way that talent is searched now, there may not be a shift for some time, or you'll see the shift come out of an independent production house because the way that people look for talent now is still, it, it's still influenced and skewed by social. And so like, someone who's just crushing it on social media all the time and has all these views and has all these funny little, it's like making a, and I'm not picking on them because everyone needs to do, do their thing and get noticed however they can get noticed. But it's like, it's very different to make even a 15 minute IGTV very, very funny and watchable than it is to make a full feature film. And so I think that we're, we're now realizing that some of the people who had uh, some of the best, uh, short form skills don't necessarily translate to long form. Well, I think that's always the problem with the short form stuff is they always try to grab someone right away who just like, oh, they're they're popular about a thing. Let's give them something else. And that's kind of been the new panic move in comedy. It feels like like with the what's her face who did the Netflix special. She was lip syncing Trump, and then on TikTok, and then got a Netflix special. E Sarah, like Sarah something. Sarah Cooper. Sarah Cooper. Yeah. But she got a Netflix special just because she was doing these TikToks of lip syncing Trump, which like that's not really you didn't really write a new thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to trash talk her, but that that's become kind of the new thing of like, oh, here's an idea that people seem to like right now. Give, give them money to make a thing, you know. And then on the topic of like the, you know, the last stars, you, know, you still have like Melissa McCarthy and Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart, and all these people. But now it's much more of like, hey, just just do the same thing over and over and over again. And old yeah. Hollywood used to do that where you had comedy stars, but you would always have them team up with a new writer. Cause writers back then used to be you know, important <laughs> you know, in, in older <laughs> Hollywood. It used to matter who wrote your comedy. Cause you had like Billy Wilder and whoever else, you know, in, in old comedy films. 
um, and you know directors who wanted to play in that format and stuff like that. But a lot of it now is like you know just I don't know. We got someone to write a premise now. I'll just go improvise a lot, Melissa or Will or whoever. We'll just do a lot of takes over and over. Because um, because one of the questions that you had like sent us, Brandon, was like thinking about what the last like comedy classics were, right? Sure. And I was having a hard time thinking of like what the last classics were. And honestly, I think the last like real, uh, maybe the maybe I'm wrong on this, but what I think it might be like the last classic, I think it might be Elf. Of a movie that is like now like watched all the time, it's kind of this indelible in the culture. But like otherwise, maybe maybe Anchorman. You know yeah. what I mean? I was trying to think of one myself when I when I posed that question to you guys about like what was the last one that's like I think this will be remembered years later. It's like the the. I could go back and I was like, maybe the first hangover and like maybe bridesmaids around like Oh nine to 2011 or so. And it's like, but obviously we're only 10 years removed from those. Right. But like those felt like phenomenons that just kind of came out of nowhere and were wildly popular. And like you said, we, we've really moved into the style of let's get these, you know, incredibly talented actors a so-so premise but like let's just have them do their thing and improv and like we'll just use the best takes when i think sometimes it can really work but then sometimes it's just like well what what if we actually wrote this and also like what if we you know uh instead of just improv like we blended writing and improv and didn't just rely on the well and that's kind of what you know, like with Anchorman, like that's what Adam McKay and Will Ferrell would do. They would write a script and have like stuff written out, but then they would just do a lot of takes and throw a lot of stuff at each other. And I think that's the main difference where both the star and the director are on the same page of how they want the movie to come together. And with a lot of those other ones, because all those like kind of movies that followed up, then, you know, Paul Feig became like the next kind of big comedy director and he just kind of had the same style as mm-hmm. that with a little bit of Judd Apatow mixed into it, if you will. But a lot of modern comedies, I'll see, like, who's directing this? Oh, some guy. It looks exactly like all the other <laughs> versions of it that happened, you know, in the previous, you know, five or so years. But it's like, oh, we got some guy to also, you know, just light it flat, you know, get, get a good shot, yeah. reverse shot, run yeah, it at exactly. the same I was gonna time. Say, medium shot, reverse <laughs> yep. shot, you know, and yep. let just, them do their thing. Just do a three-point setup, let them improvise for a while. We'll do that for a day, bada-boom. Put it in the can. Let's get out of here. Let's do another take tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it, that's, yeah. I, that kind of seems to be the formula. And that's for me. Like, it's not that I'm saying any comedies right now are are not funny, because there's definitely funny stuff. But like, kind of like you said, most of the funny stuff's in the trailer. But also, it they all just even if they have completely different premises, they all feel like the same movie. And I think that's what's been driving me nuts about comedy lately is they're all just yeah. fine and they all feel like the same movie, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, you know, it, I, I think the, uh, the reason why a lot of them feel the same is because and this isn't something that's new, but I feel like it used to be in a different way. But now it's kind of just like once someone is like hot and popular, it's just let's put them in one or two things like every year and pretty much just like like, you know, I, I love Melissa McCarthy, but it's just like here's another movie where you know, she's doing physical comedy and, you know, kind of like, oh, poking fun at her weight and she's ridiculous. Well, they, but then, they just like, did that trailer, the intelligence or whatever, or whatever it is, super intelligent 
well, that was on HBO Max, and I saw the scenes from like this is I've seen this Melissa McCarthy performance already. This is her in five other things. <laughs> yeah, she's playing this person. Exactly. It's like where we just we throw them in a thing and like let's just do it again, and it doesn't feel like how some were did you just do, cranking like an old camera? Is that what you're <laughs> just doing? I were think that's just, what I was. Were you just shooting a comedy in the fucking 1920s? I think that's what I was doing. You, you know? Yeah, because <laughs> that's real, what I learned in film school. Just real <laughs> filmmakers use real film. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think that's what happens. Keep improvising. Like... I'll just keep cranking. <laughs> because if we gotta do another reel, s- someone's gonna take over. My elbow's getting tired. <laughs> Because they're throwing the same person, it's almost like here. Let's throw this person and then put them with a different second person. You know, it's mm-hmm. like all right, here's Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock. Here's Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman. And yeah. it's like not that these people aren't talented, but here's Kevin when... Hart and The Rock. Here's Kevin Hart and The Rock. Here's Kevin Hart <laughs> and The Rock and The Rock and Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's one thing uh, that is kind of made things feel the same as just like well once someone hits let's just put them in everything what was the last comedy you guys saw in a theater that you really liked because i'm having trouble even thinking what the Mm. last comedy i went to that i I because over time more and more of them i just started being like i don't really care to go see that i liked office christmas party um but it's not like it didn't change anything for me. I think this is this is the other thing. It would be weird thing. if you were like Office Christmas Party changed my life. <laughs> or I, or I, like, I wouldn't know how to how to go forward. <laughs> but I mean, I I think that there's there's all this fault that can be laid at the at the at the feet of like gatekeepers and studios and and productions and stuff. But I do think that some of the fault lies with just the general audiences being conditioned to like. When you look at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, like everyone I know has at least three of those, right? And mm-hmm. they at least have three of them in their phone. Mm-hmm. And all of them are bombarded. You're bombarded from the minute you wake up, from the minute you decide to log on to, to when you decide to get off. You're bombarded with jokes, like almost mostly jokes. And yeah. and you you have been conditioned slowly I'm surprised people even find us funny anymore, like stand-ups, because you... <laughs> no, no, that's you, true, man. You are bombarded with every little angle and every little type of... Jo- like, I see so many things that are like references, and then I see things I'm like, oh, wow, that's a step... That's the next level of the joke because in this meme, this is just the joke of the thing. So, like, to like just as an example, today Trump got impeached. Bunch of jokes about Trump getting impeached, right? Trump impeach, mm-hmm. impeach, impeach, all stuff. Then there are now jokes within three hours. There are now jokes that are like the third level of the joke. So now people are using like back to the future references to do a Trump impeach joke and like weave all these things together. And it's like, man, I don't know how you would navigate this and try to make something original and new in long form that hasn't at least been picked apart by the style of like memes, gifs, emojis, and, and, and people's reactions in short videos to things. It's like, 
it's yeah. it's the worst version of it's all been done because it's not that it's all been done it's that it's all happening currently like it's all yeah. like like well think so of, fast like you were just saying like how quick it went from point a to point b in one day like yeah now it's, now it's well, too like there are times when i'll i'll miss news for like a not even a whole day part of the day and then i'll be seeing references i'm like who what is this even referencing and then I, it's it's three levels deep in the news story that i'm like i yeah. haven't even seen the headline yet <laughs> yeah. already everybody's so deep in this the one time and and th- this is uh, i yeah definitely something i was going to talk about is just like how social media uh and like youtube and tiktok like it's 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 kind of oversaturated with comedy but like one example of how quick something jumped was during one of the debates when Mike Pence had the fly in his head. Um, I, I I was trying to not watch the debate because, you know, anxiety and just like, you know, the world is ending. And, but I was like, hop on Twitter and I'm like, maybe I'll just see some funny jokes about it and I can laugh and then go back to doing what I was doing. And I see like everyone freaking out about like the fly just staying on his head. And then within that time frame, someone had created a Twitter account for like Mike Pence fly mm-hmm. and the profile pic was just the fly on his head. And he was just like tweeting, just like, oh man, you know, it smells up here. You know, just like all these things. I don't and even think I saw like, the fly. I think I saw a post about Jeff Goldblum before I actually saw <laughs> the goddamn picture of the fly. I was just like, I guess something happened with a fly tonight. I don't <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden I look and it's like fifty thousand followers on Twitter to like right. Mike Pence fly like, and I was like, it's not the debate isn't even over yet. You yeah. know, it's like everyone, someone jumped right on that, and within less than an hour had tens of thousands of followers. And sure, I bet a week later everyone forgot about it because a new thing happened. Right. But like, why? at the end of the day, would you like pay to go see a comedy movie where maybe you've been on your phone moderately laughing all day? Do you want to spend money to go to the theater or would you rather be like, you know what? There's a new uh, comic book movie that came out or there's a new sci-fi movie, you know, like maybe I'll pay to see one of those. I don't know if right. I need to see a comedy. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like, like that thing is exactly what, what makes it difficult now, even when you're constructing bits for stand up, you have to you you have to really artfully craft your work and then hope. Like people leave out the hope. It's like, yeah, you have to be good, you have to be confident, all that. And then you have to hope that like <laughs> people don't already know your joke through someone else or through some shared experience. Like like even with me just talking about myself on on stage is like all right but i'm not the only black guy in brooklyn that's weird so like <laughs> that this might this might be well you know tread territory that i'm that i'm delving into and i think the movies have the same problem because now you have movies that are that are coming out where we think about how long it takes to make a movie and you don't it's not as if all of hollywood convenes and and they're like all right i'm making a uh a, a movie about a security guard so nobody else do that for a year yeah you know i mean <laughs> so now you you have your thing come out and you have to you have to get all the best people together the best writers you can afford the best actors you can afford everything and then you have to hope it's like even somewhere near relevant that people can latch onto it because people can do all the campaigning they want and try to make viral TikToks off of a song that's in the score of the movie and all this, all this stuff. But like, 
if you can't make people sit down to watch your thing for as long as it lasts, then it's not going to be successful. Well, and that's why I think a lot of comedies have just become just kind of joke-a-rama. Like, it's, uh, here's a scene. Oh, now this, this is the scene where we're going to do this joke over and over again. We're going to let everyone kind of improvise. Because I think there, that is part of the, like, how do we just hold attention? Which, mm-hmm. to me, like, always the funniest comedies are ones that have a plot where it's about little moments that are funny. At least that's what makes me laugh in comedy. And I, and I want to, I'm not trying to be some sort of snob here. I also fucking love Step Brothers. That movie's just nonstop jokes and barely has a plot. The plot is, what if we were Step Brothers? <laughs> that's, that's not really a plot to a movie. And yeah. every scene is just a competition of who can do the best joke. That can work. But I think that's just, it has to be all of the players have to be, you know, kind of playing the same game a little bit. Which in some of these where it's very clearly, oh, we're making a, our own version of this, you know, uh, we, we need some sort of, we need a Will Ferrell comedy. Just mm-hmm. make just make one. You know what I mean? Those are the ones we start feeling like, eh, I guess it was good. I guess it was funny, but it didn't really hold me. You know what I mean? I, that's where you almost get yeah. that. That's the just repeating the formula of like, I don't know, f- just roll for a while and do, just do a lot of, a lot of takes. Just do a lot of takes, a lot of improv. Well, one thing that, you know, we were, we were talking about just a moment ago as well was, like you said, uh, I think it was Josh, you were talking about what's been done before, not just with, like, memes and, you know, GIFs and, and Instagram stories and all that. But um, I think this could be said not just about, you know, comedy movies, but movies in general where people say, like, well, they're not the way they used to be. They're not as good. But, like, to be fair... I think that, you know, for example, like what's someone that people say like Animal House is a classic or like Blues Brothers. But like a lot of the time these movies were maybe the first of their kind. And now you have like all the people that tried to recreate that for years and then right. people that just try to capitalize on like the teen comedy phase with like American Pie and doing like four of those movies. And. So, like, now it is very difficult to find, like, genuine original ideas just to start with a premise because everything feels like it has been done before. Whereas, like, older ones, they have the advantage of, like, well, maybe there wasn't a raunchy college comedy movie that was this style. You know, now it's like, right. well, that, that's been done to death for 50 years. You know, like, it's, when it's was one the of last those things. raunchy college comedy? I feel like that, because that came back a little bit in, like, the early 2000s. I feel like that one calmed down a little bit, too. It didn't It didn't hit. Well, also, yeah, it, it's, like, it's tough to, like, make anything raunchy anymore because of, like optics like <laughs> right it's, well especially so, with college stuff because if you look what any college movie has has a lot of like you know sexual assault implications in them at best you know what i mean like yeah. pretty much everyone's like okay there's just they're this they're is, hard to look back on a lot of them yeah, yeah revenge even, of the nerds even, is one well, revenge that, of the nerds, but even animal house has it you know where the you know where she's asleep but it's like the devil like fuck her like that whole thing and then you find out later it's like oh she's 15 or whatever and it's like ooh, ooh, okay Ugh, oof like, yeah, like that, that went down okay when I was in high school because I wasn't thinking about the. <laughs> I was just like, haha, jokes. It's a little devil on his shoulder. And then you get slightly older. It's like, oh no, everything about that is just bad. And I wouldn't show my child. That, well, I mean, I wouldn't show my child Animal House, but you know, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, I, I would want to be able to explain that scene and why it's all bad. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, I mean, I think 
is it is it Project X? I there was some movie oh, that, yeah, that was the, like this the wild found footage one. Yeah, kind of. and and I think that I don't know if that hit or not, but that's the last one I remember being like, "Wow, they're really going for it." Like, like, because, yeah. because there, there's, you know, there's like house party and there's these other things, but like the other problem with nostalgia is that it's a, it's a feeling, it's not a reality. So if you go back and watch like even Little Rascals, if you look at the editing in Little Rascals, everything is so slow. <laughs> and you can tell that the kids are being like coached off camera, and it's just bad. It's like it's bad. <laughs> it is bad. Now I want to watch Little Rascals again, <laughs> dude. It's 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 like when you. When I like you... Animal House and Little Rascals being in the same conversation too. I like that. <laughs> but it is just this thing of like we give so much, we give so much leeway with something already being a classic, <laughs> and it being so hard to talk down that it might not be good or it may not have lasted that. Now there are these insurmountable heights that that the current like that contemporary artists have to have to try to match. So like it, it's the equivalent of someone coming along, right? Someone coming along and saying like, you know what? I don't know if Tupac was good. Oof. Oh, you got problems. <laughs> you got you got you got you got people coming for your ass, right? Yeah. Because there are people who were influenced by Tupac that became great artists themselves. Then there were people who listened to Tupac in high school where their brains are still developing and they were like having all these feelings and he helped, you know, he helped them suss them out. So now he's like legend and a god to them and he died. So you, and that's what comedy movies have in a in a weird way is that there are comedy movies like Animal House, Revenge of the Nerds, all this stuff like that, that like, sure, up against a uh, a sort of like contemporary, even woke-ish lens, they don't hold up, right? Because you spend so much time cringing instead of like, and then even when you try to contextualize it for the time it was in, you're like, yeah, but it wasn't okay that they thought it was okay. So then... And now, right, yeah. now you're fully. Now you've left the movie. Now you're not watching the movie anymore. You're watching a movie in your head about what will happen if a bunch of people were watching you watch this movie and laugh. <laughs> well, <laughs> I like that. And so, so now you there's a there's a bit of an impossible puzzle to solve where even the things we're nostalgic for weren't as quote unquote good slash weren't as well made as we remember them in our minds and then yeah. the new things coming up that are better made don't get as much of a chance because they can't stack up to a feeling yeah. uh, well, well i think too it, it's it's not even just the nostalgia part of it from like i like the comedies from when i was younger because i don't like you know i grew up in the 90s not every comedy from that era was great there just were some good ones i think but in that era like studios took more chances on concepts a little bit more like that's kind of the thing it feels like they don't take a chance on like stranger concepts anymore. Cause I think about like, even in the eighties, think about ghostbusters. Like, no, yeah, such you know, a I know, they made, I know they made it now, but like, if that was a brand new idea, someone would be like, I don't know about that. That sounds what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think one thing that people are combating too is, and like, <clears throat> I feel like someone just like, ah, you know, the problems with social media, but like, you know, when we were younger, it was like maybe we'd see a commercial and we're like, I want to see that. And you don't really hear about how it is until either you see it or like maybe a friend saw it. 
But now, you know, a movie drops on a Thursday and by Thursday night or Friday morning, reviews uh, all over social media, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, YouTube reviews, everything. People could just tear it apart that like by Friday, Saturday, no one's seeing it because it right out the gate had no chance of people tearing it apart where it's like, well, did you did you think about seeing it and you were on the fence and like now you saw these reviews and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to go. I'm not going to risk it. Like it, I'll just sit at home and watch something on Netflix. Well, and, and comedy too is so of like all of the, the genres is so personal. Cause like think about like a, a drama you like, and then someone's like, eh, I don't really like that movie. You're like, okay. But if someone's like, they don't like, they don't think your favorite comedy is funny, there's a very specific type of anger you get in your chest. Even though you know you shouldn't feel it, but you're like, no, that movie is very funny and you're fucking wrong. Like, you can't, <laughs> comedy is, is like the most personal of the genres. And so, too, like, kind of what you're saying with like social media stuff, when a, when a trailer comes out, there's immediately a giant, angry conversation underneath it as to why this movie is not fucking funny. Has not come out yet. Yeah, not, you know, and I know they do it with every movie, but I think with comedy it gets especially. And then it's like, I like this actor. They haven't made a good fucking movie since old school or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like it becomes that, and then I don't know if just maybe the movie gets forgotten about a little bit at a point. No, it, exactly. I don't that's know. that's that's what happened with the Ghostbusters from 2016. Is like the conversation was people defending it. And then people hating on it. And I was like, none of you have actually seen it yet. Well, yeah. Well, I love the people, too, who are just like, oh, lady Ghostbusters. I'm like, yeah, I know. Just as absurd as men Ghostbusters. Like, there's, what, this isn't a job. This isn't a real, <laughs> this isn't a real yeah. thing that happens. Who cares? Who does it? But, And I didn't see it, not because I, I hated it or anything. I literally just have not, like, seen a modern comedy in in years i maybe will catch like one a year and especially when it's like a debated one too with comedy stuff too when something's like super heavily debated and everyone's arguing about it and it actually turns me off from seeing it just because i'm like i don't even care about this it's like why it's why i never watched nanette i have nothing against you know that comedian i i don't i don't care but i'm just like ah, it seems like now i'm gonna have to i have to have a take on it and i can't just be like yeah it was the thing like you know i can't just you can't yeah. passively enjoy comedy anymore, I think, but is you, part of it. You also, like, I, the thing that does make uh, comedy harder than drama is that, like, I know people who you suggest a movie and they're like, oh, I couldn't finish it. It was too sad. Right? right. <laughs> no one has that with a comedy where they're like, I had to turn it off. This shit was too funny. Or I thought I might die. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. All right. So then comedy at its best is just you finishing it. Like like comedy like that's the saddest thing about comedy is that at its best you walk away being like, that was good. And then with drama, it's like for some reason you can make a movie that's so messed up and sad that people leave the theater or turn it off and that's still seen as like a W. Like Well, yeah, those movies like are not only allowed to but i think encouraged to challenge people a little bit where and comedy can and should and some movies still do i don't act, but like mainstream comedy movies they're kind of not trying to challenge anybody and i don't mean mm -hmm. in like being offensive or anything like that but like challenging you to i don't know pay attention to like tell a story to you know to to really have little moments that you have to pay attention to or whatever to fully enjoy it 
Uh, yeah. And that's why, too, like the hardest I've laughed in theaters in recent years have been not comedy movies. It's been when it's snuck into other genres. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's because I'm already invested in something else. And then this little moment, you know, catches my eye or whatever. Or it really makes me laugh. Yeah. Which that is something that that comes up a lot, too, that so many other movies will be a thing. And then they'll throw in good comedy because, you know, maybe some comedic performers are in there. You know, one in particular is like movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. You know, it's like those are, you know, like action, you know, adventure, you know, movies. But then it's like over time they started really laying in the comedy inside of that movie. So it's like, well, you know, why not? Why don't I go see this, you know, movie that was three hundred million dollars, you know, and and it has all this action and it's going to make me laugh. And it ties into 10 other movies that are coming. Yeah. (laughs) Versus this one that may make me laugh. Yeah, well, and and but on that point too, while someone like Marvel, I think, has done it pretty well with how they use humor in their movies because they've made it just kind of like an overall part of it. That's other movies now are trying to copy that formula. It's making them not as good of like action movies or whatever because they're trying too hard to be funny. Yeah, you know where it's like, well, that's just out of nowhere. You're just trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy, but you you didn't build the whole foundation to like get you to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's you're starting. What's up? Yeah, no, it's just also you know you need to add you need to add some humor if you already know your shit's gonna be three and a half hours. Like yeah. like if you you got add some laughs or some something because it's like if you're gonna make me cry, and it's gonna be three and a half hours. The only way I'm not gonna kill myself is there's some jokes, which is <laughs> funny because then for like an almost three hour like Judd Apatow movie, I want to kill myself because it's way too long for a comedy. <laughs> Does he? What was the last thing Judd Apatow directed? The last thing, the last thing he directed was that King of Staten Island. That oh, okay, Pete and people that, people like that. So I think people like that. But but it, I heard in the reviews too the same thing. Where just like his movies are always just a little bit long. And I'm not shitting on Judd Apatow. I I like his stuff. But that became almost the two camps of like either do the Will Ferrell movie where you're just doing a ton of just silly improv, or do the Judd Apatow route where it's like just have almost too many scenes, have almost too much movie. <laughs> yeah. While also doing a shitload of improv. Well, and I think the reason why that is a problem with his movies, why they feel so long and like uh when I mention it to some people who aren't like a film nerd like me, they're they're always like surprised, but like the standard comedy movie is 90 minutes. And that's why like even with like stand-up shows or even sketch shows like It's kind of the perfect length. It's the it, perfect it's length be- for comedy. Exactly, cuz you're sitting there and like let's say something's really funny and like you're laughing like there's been times where I've seen like live uh, album recordings. So obviously this is someone who's been in the game for a while and just has killer material. Even after like an hour of just laughing hard, I'm like, I'm a little exhausted. So like, if you're going (laughs) to do that, like, but twice, like two hours, it's like, all right, well, this is, this is like work now. (laughs) It's, it's so fun. It's becoming not fun. (laughs) right yeah (laughs) no that's a good way of putting it yeah it's i don't know it's i i kept i was i keep trying to think i'm like what were the last comedies i watched that i i really liked and i think that like the most recent one i really enjoyed was like uh dolomite is my name might have been the last because that you know that movie is a straight comedy it is a biopic too and i and i think why that movie is so good though because the thing that i really liked was how kind of you know sneaky inspirational it is because he's just this guy who won't be 
He he won't fall down. He wants to keep making his thing, whatever. And then also, it's a genuinely funny movie. And to call back to the beginning of this, Wesley Snipes is fucking hilarious in it. So, <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, you know, but even that, I'm like, well, I think a big part of the why that movie was so good for me though was because of the story with it though too. The story that you know that held it up. I, yeah. I don't know. I I. I and if you're going to have a silly movie that doesn't really have a story, I'm fine with that. But then commit to that. Don't mm-hmm. try to have a plot, really. You know, then make a Step Brothers. You know, like my favorite comedy of anything that's been made in the last five years is I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Those sketches are just nonsense and they're wonderful, but they don't waver on being just wholesale chaos. And that's that's what I love about it. Yeah, and they they literally commit to the bit. Exactly, like, exactly. Where it's like, oh, the sketch could end at this point. No, we're gonna do two more beats of it of of me screaming at you about this thing, and it's going to continue to be funny. Um, and it's weird that people that almost studios haven't really cracked that because that's what people love about uh, TV comedy right now mm-hmm. are really good stories. Like everyone loves Shit's Creek. It's because they love that family and the stuff they go through together, and they love getting to know them over time. It's why, like, The Office just will not die as a classic is because everyone everyone always just, they love the arc of Jim and Pam, and they love, you know, the arcs of these characters. The bits are funny, too, but they love the characters and how they grew and how they changed. It's right there in front of you telling you, like, here, here's what people, here's what will really get people invested in comedy. But yeah. no one wants to, like, really put two and two together. You well, know it's I mean? also the problem of, like, maybe maybe it's, I could see it being comics fault and writers fault too, where the other thing that makes the office such parks and rec as well, such juggernauts that, that won't die is because you don't really have to be paying close attention. And like, and and the, it's, it's a weird thing where if you were to binge watch eight episodes of the office and you were, you know, also, you know, like cleaning your your house or something, you wouldn't miss a ton. You'd miss some bits. You'd miss some very funny jokes and stuff like that. But the overall arc of, like, to what Logan is saying, like, Jim and Pam have a thing, and then, like, Ryan's annoying, and then Michael's too much. And, like, you get that in a way that, that has a lot of subtext and doesn't have to be, like, spelled out. And I think that a lot of movies that have replay value also have that sort of like 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 almost just dogged <laughs> blatant like here's our plot we're not going to we're not going to try to trick you there's no twist this is what's <laughs> going to happen and it's going to take us another hour to finish it and right. i find that like like i'll give you an example this is not this 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 is going to sound weird no just one movie that has a lot of replay value is drumline as dumb as that sounds, because it's just <laughs> this Nick Cannon movie about a guy who gets a scholarship to, you know, be in a drum line at college. But it's just going to be like dope music and he's going to have to overcome something, I guess. And then at the end, there's going to be a big battle with another band mm-hmm. that has you don't you don't even have to watch a movie. You could just walk in for every nice, cool drum solo that that another person did and Nick Cannon just stood there and then you could leave, come back and you won't miss anything. And I think that like, those are the two routes. It, and, and I think that it's almost insulting to ask someone to go that other route. 
like 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 everyone as as comedians and as writers who always want to write something that's amazing and the best and all this stuff like that. And that road does exist and it can happen because I think that Melissa McCarthy and Spy is like one of the best Melissa McCarthy movies. I've watched that movie so many times, not even seeking it out. Just if it's on a plane, I'll watch mm. it. If it's already on TV, I'll watch it because I can come in in the middle and know what's going to happen and know because it, it is it's almost in that other road that I'm talking about where the movie is not telling a phenomenal story. There's like a couple no. twists, but it's like, okay, clearly someone who's equipped is going to be thrown to the wolves and then they're going to do well and it's going to surprise everyone, whatever. But along the way is, this, is, is, is a lot of great jokes and a lot of like, I mm. cannot mess this up as a viewer, you know? Whereas something That's like fair. I Feel Pretty, which is the Amy Schumer movie that got ripped apart before it even came out, was because it was this weird thing where she was like, confident but she was confident because she hit her head like well and and i think we're at peak schumer backlash too that was another thing too of of not just the content of the movie but also the who was the lead in it of like everyone decided they hated her now you know yeah and i think that that's another thing where it's like that movie at least in my opinion that movie was kind of taking some chances because it was like it is rare outside of Rebel Wilson and Amy Schumer. It is rare that you see this unconventional beauty with confidence thing. As much as people talk about it, you don't really see it. Like, like we're still casting yeah. Margot Robbie and Margot Robbie lookalikes in movies. You you can take those chances, and you know sometimes it'll pay off. Like I I feel like uh, you know to to Logan's point from before, it's like. It, it it depends on what your goals are. It's like if if your goal is to create this completely subversive piece of comedy, then something like Nanette is going to be a surefire way to do that because it's like this 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 different thing where it's like half funny and half not, but then being called a comedy special. And so then some people are immediately upset about that because they're like, it wasn't, right. it wasn't. And no, then other a, people are like, this is this is new. I think I could handle. I think I could actually sit and watch a full special if it was like this, if it was some parts funny and then some parts other things. Yeah. So. Well, there's one one movie that uh, it came out a few years ago that I, I recently took a watch to on Netflix that it was one that was just berated that, like, it was awful. You know, it got, like, Raspberry Awards for, like, worst, mm-hmm. you know, director or you something like that. You called them the just... Raspberry Awards and not the Razzie, huh? Well, I, I've, I, you rarely hear I full named it. You know, you really, yeah, you, you, know? you really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, they, I would say the Razzie is the Subway sandwich of awards. <laughs> so I think that that's works. the MTV Awards. Yeah. Uh, I So, like, I just remember it was just, like, hated on so like i never saw it and then i've been watching like some muppet stuff and i was like wasn't there that one that it was like a raunchy comedy but with puppets and melissa mccarthy you know what it's on netflix i i want to yeah. see is it as bad as people say and like bear in mind it's not great mm-hmm. but like i'm watching it and the whole time i'm like guys this is not that bad like there are much worse movies than this like but also like I remember that red band trailer. It's like, oh, a puppet uh, comes and it's silly string, yeah. and so it's like it. But told it's like you a lot of the, it too. It's like so yeah, much. It told you what the movie so was much, gonna be. So much puppet come. <laughs> it told you what the movie was gonna be, 
And I think some people were still like, oh, well, it was gross. It's like, did you not see the trailer? That's what it was going to be. Right. And like, sure, it's a very rudimentary plot. But like, I was like, you know what? That was a that was a fun little 80, 90 minute movie. You know, I, 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 I don't hate that I saw it. Do I want to buy it and like recommend it to everyone? Probably not. Right. But like that was one that I think critics just like tore apart and then just was like shoved to the side to where it's like the back of Netflix now. Like I had to almost type out the full name I to like I didn't, come it up. I never saw it pop up, so I I was surprised to hear it was on Netflix. But. Yeah, I had to search like I had to like you know how sometimes it's like you type like puppet uh, come. <laughs> you hmm. type like keep scrolling. Uh, like uh, l- let's just say. Uh, bl and it's like blues brothers but like happy right, yeah. time murders i had to like write out like happy time and then it was just like happy time are you sure i forgot the title of it you know? <laughs> yeah, so i also it's... forgot the title like as you were describing <laughs> and i was like what was this thing called <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 interesting it's not like you said it's not great but like i was like you know what it was a different take they're trying to do something different with puppets to where it's not just a kid's mm. movie um but yeah, just the fact that like if it isn't talked about right away, there's a lot of times where things will just get thrown into like the bin and just like forget about it. Like there's almost no chance of resurgence right. um, at all. <laughs> well, and, and I, I with something like that too. That I know that's silly, so this isn't gonna have this. But I, I just had a thought too because I, I watched recently one of my favorite comedies is uh, Shaun of the Dead, and I just rewatched that recently. Uh, was, in, was in the mood for it, put it on. And I think one of the things that really makes that movie work, not again, not just the story, but also the stakes matter. And so when it gets to the point to where they're dealing with real shit, the movie lets them deal with it. And like there's jokes in it, but it's really, it's more about the emotion of it. And I was trying to think, I, I don't think I've seen a comedy in a while that just let let the story have its stakes. You know what I mean? Of like, oh, there's a scene where just the characters have to just deal with what they're dealing with. Like they're sad. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, this puppet's coming so much," you know. They and they have to no, but you know what I mean. Like, I think that's part of it. Um, and I do also want to take a second and say we have brought up Melissa McCarthy's name a lot, uh, and I I want to I want to be very clear. I think she's great. I think she's a good actor. Yeah. I just think a lot of her movies tend to be forgettable, but I think she's fantastic. Uh, my yeah. parents my parents used to watch that Mike and Molly show, and anytime I was home, like so I would just see it on when they had it on. And then I'd always be like, oh, this show's not great. She's really good in it. She's doing more than people are doing in multicam sitcoms right now, like performance-wise. The show was kind of meh to me, but I was like, oh, she's actually nailing this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, yeah, we should clarify. It's like we're not hating on no, Melissa McCarthy. Everybody who's names are good actors. is funnier than Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. 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 Fight me. Fight me. I mean, Melissa, I'm not, I don't. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy is is a, a better actor and way funnier than well, Adam now Sandler. She's definitely a better actor, but <laughs> yeah, but but he was I really think, he was really good in Uncut Gems. I will say that. Oh, 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 oh that, that's your <laughs> that that's your guy. You you got him. You got him. Mm. <laughs> Top to bottom. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh. I, I think okay, the reason it, start, it sounded racist now. Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't. It, at the end there, it didn't sound like Adam Sandler. Are you are you saying racist or completely accurate? Uh, uh, yeah. He's hit every one of those notes. It's both. <laughs> it, well, and I was I was worried because uh, over 
like around Halloween, I had several friends whose opinion I trust text me and tell me they really liked Hubie Halloween. And I was like, oh, no, quarantine broke everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's actually really good. I'm like, oh, you guys, I haven't watched it yet. And I've heard it's actually really funny, but I I don't know. But it's like, did they go into it thinking it was a piece of garbage? And they're like, it was... I think okay. so. And it was I free. Think so. it's, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't free. You got to pay the subscription. Netflix ain't every, Everyone keeps thinking <laughs> Who Netflix is free. doesn't have Netflix? <laughs> yeah. it, it is crazy, though, because I think that I, I mentioned Adam Sandler and was pegging on him for a second specifically because he had one of the hottest streaks in, like, yeah. in life. Like, when you think about it, imagine if you released, like, eight fire comedy specials back to back. But then you put out three bad ones and all of a sudden nothing you did matters. It's like that that type of that type of like fickle um, disposition is is I also think why it's so hard to make comedy movies and why comedy movies don't last or don't hit is because there's like there's a weird thing where people turned on him in a way that was like, you don't remember Billy. So Billy Madison never happened. And like like. Happy Gilmore never happened, and Big yeah. Daddy never happened. All because all my he did albums that. didn't happen. Yeah, like, all because he did that thing where he played his own sister. It's like <laughs> it's like that. That was so bad that it rewrote history. Like and yeah, and so right. that's a weird thing that I don't know if dramatic actors have as much. Where yeah, they can be in some duds, but it's still like oh, but Manchester by the Sea was so good. That it right. makes up for the next five movies. Yeah, I think that's and and one last thing I'll say about Melissa McCarthy. I think it's the reason why she kept coming up because she's one of the most recent. Her and like Kevin Hart are, are like one of the most recent. Like big, they're in everything. Have they done a movie you together? Know? They've had to have. Probably, I don't you think know. they have yet. Really, that, that, that surprises. It's probably in the works, done. like right now. It's gotta be. <laughs> yeah, someone. Here's just the, the thing is, though, what's so fucked up <laughs> they is at least I can, both I can, haven't been the lead. The, yeah, the thing is, I can actually picture it though. I picture them like doing their thing, how it's lit, how it's shot, like because they look the same. All those movies. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, it, this very much could be a real movie. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I think what happens, especially like with, like we were just talking about Sandler, how it's like he could do all these good things and then does some bad things, and it's like people forget, and like that almost. I think the reason why that happens is something we've talked about, which is just they put people in so much, which like, I'm not saying they shouldn't work, you know, they shouldn't be in movies when they have the opportunity, but because if you're going to do one to two a year, like the odds are against you. And like Will Ferrell, for example, it's like, you know, he had that run where it's like old school anchorman, Taldega Knights, like stepbrothers, other guys, you know, like he was doing all these things. Then all of a sudden, you know, at one point does like a Sherlock Holmes and Watson thing that is apparently just awful. And, like, the one with Kevin Hart really wasn't that great either. And it, uh, it's, like, all of a sudden just, like, you hit, like, this stopping point where what's like, well, your your luck is going to run out at some point. Like, no matter how talented you are, like, but if you're shoving someone in a movie, one to two movies a year, like, it's just, unfortunately, there's no way someone's going to hit them all out of the park. Yeah, I right. mean, it's just important to be elusive. Like, I, I think that, you know people are always going to wish that they wanted more of you, even when they don't. So like, like one of the criticisms of Kevin Hart was that he works too much and he's in too much and stuff like that. And it's like, 
Yeah, but it's not like those movies are flopping. So even you can write all the bad reviews that you want, but it's like his like school thing, like night school, whatever. It's like it still did numbers. So it's just a, it's just a thing of like how much does your how much how much does legacy matter to you in that way? Because you know at at best. As, as not to depress everyone, but like, at at best, you're gonna have out of your twenty movie catalog, like filmography, everything, you're gonna have like one thing that sticks enough for people who are born after you're dead to watch and enjoy. So like, you look at Animal House, and it's like, all right, that movie is like still popping with like. People that are like younger than us in a way that's like, but you don't actually know or care about Rodney Dangerfield or anything. You know what I mean? Right. And it and it's like that that's what it all amounted to to a certain degree was like that movie. And so yeah, you wanna pick them carefully, but you also like wanna take a lot of swing. So it, it's just about navigating what what matters to to you. I think that I've definitely become more lenient because I know that doing comedy and absorbing comedy and trying to write it every day makes me a little bit harder of a shell to crack. So then whenever something gets me, I really like give it full credit. Like, like that's why I can't stop singing Melissa McCarthy's praises because whether she's doing Mike and Molly or she's doing SNL or she's doing her movies, it's like, it's, it's next level, man. It's, it's a, it's a thing that I think, she's a good example of evolving with the times because her, her timing isn't just silly. It's like, Oh, this is apt. This is, this is like someone who's very good at what they do. Well, and uh, so I I have two things. One, I I think kind of from what you guys were just talking about, about uh, actors continually being in stuff. And Josh, you kind of touched on, uh, you know, about like Adam Sandler's streak and stuff like that. I think with comedy, one of the things that helps like continuing comedy movies is we get attached to comedy personalities, but we've become so fickle with comedy personalities where it is like, oh, they made one bad comedy. We don't want to see them do comedies anymore. And then sometimes they will just stop, you know, or like you get some people who suddenly get rebranded as comedy stars because they were in one good thing. Like right after Parks and Recreation, then it's like, oh, Rob Lowe, comedian Rob Lowe. And he started being like comedy roundtables. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, now. He was, you know, he, he for most of his career he wasn't really in comedies. Like, he, yeah, he did Wayne's World and Tommy Boy, but like beyond that, he he wasn't like always a comedian, you know. Yeah. But, it's like, oh, we, but we like him in that now, you know. Yeah. Uh, don't and then you one other hot thing, guns. Hot guns. I don't remember. I, hot guns. I can't remember. I can't remember the movie he was in, but he was in a dollar bin Walmart movie, and I think it was called Hot Guns. Hot but I could guns? be. I could I'm, be wrong. I'm Googling is that the char- is that the Charlie Sheen spoof movie? Well, no, that's that's Hot Shots. That's Hot Shots. Okay. I might be thinking of Hot Shots. Maybe I'm completely <laughs> wrong. Rob, are you Rob thinking of Lowe Charlie right Sheen? I'm looking up Hot Guns Rob Lowe. Uh, and the first thing that comes up is a CNN clip. Why Rob Lowe owns three guns. So <laughs> I don't know. If there's and an orange. But I also want to say uh, one of the things I was looking at uh, when I was looking at my phone while you guys were talking there for a second, I was paying attention, but I was looking up to see if Melissa McCarthy and Kevin Hart had been in a movie, and she had a cameo in Central Intelligence starring <laughs> Kevin Hart and The Rock. <laughs> you win the six degrees of Kevin so, Bacon. So he, he was in there. <laughs> no, we're talking about Rob Lowe, not Kevin Bacon. You're thinking of the wrong Brat Pack uh, member. 
<laughs> yeah. So it makes me wonder, you know, especially the way people have just in general for going to see movies and theaters, like are comedies, like are they better just off being on streaming services, you know, because of like how they, you, you know, with TV shows we were talking about earlier, like the office just like won't die. Uh, and then there's like parks and rec Brooklyn nine, nine, like should move, should movies just focus on, you know what, let's just throw comedies on streaming services. Cause people love to sit at home and watch comedy, but for whatever reason, they don't always like go into the theater to see it. I mean, I don't know if that's what it is. I, I think it's just one of those things that, that kind of just ebbs and flows where it's like right now, I think all the best kind of minds in comedy are tend to be doing television or at least, you know, limited run series like that. Like everyone's kind of playing in that format. And I think it's because you just get a little more freedom and you can just spend more time crafting the thing you want to make. You know what I mean? Like more and more like comedic actors, some big actors are suddenly popping up on sitcoms. I'm like, Oh shit, they're doing a show, you know, and not because it's like a bad career move. I think it's actually a good career move sometimes because you get to flesh out a character and you almost get, because comedy is so fickle and moves on so quickly, I yeah. think part of it right now is just if you've been in a great comedy movie, cool. It'll be talked about for a week and then it'll go away. I really like the thing about the last like talked about comedy. I think it was The Hangover was the last like really everyone was talking about this movie. And I think because it was a surprise hit, it wasn't really expected to be a huge hit. Yeah. And, you know, none of those guys were like huge stars yet. You know, that's what kind of made Ed Helms. It's what really put Zach Galifianakis in the mainstream. Bradley Cooper was starting to become a star, but he wasn't, you know, the, the Oscar winner and stuff yet. So I, I think that one just had to be, it was that perfect kind of place in time of these people's careers. And they were allowed to just make a rated R comedy that no one was probably paying attention to them while they were making it, you know? Well, I think that was what you were talking about earlier. Like, they committed to that concept, you know? Uh, right. Like, you see it in... For some people, it may not have super big watchability because it was a lot of like shocking, like, oh shit, what did we do last night? That's like the, but like they committed to it and it wasn't it was funny. Just... I remember enjoying it like the first time I watched it. It wasn't the greatest thing I ever saw, but like it was also funny, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I, I think one thing you also touched on though when it comes to like sitcoms is like, you know, with Parks and Rec, you get to fall in love with these characters and then you get to be with them for like seven to 10 years. <laughs> well, yeah. And, well, and learn their, their nuances, their little things they do that are funny, not just the jokes, but that's why some of those shows like parks and rec was one that really like, and especially that, you know, that first five years went from being like the first season's like, meh by the fifth season. It's like, Holy shit. Like the jokes per minute in this show and the way these characters are played, like the, everyone knows these characters so well by that point. Um, and same thing with The Office. The Office went that route too. It's like I think you just you can you can spend more time almost earning the audience's trust a little bit of like, hey, stick with me, and we're gonna be funny and and have fun, you know. But anyway, I don't know. Did we solve anything here? Did we get to the bottom? <laughs> Did we get to the bottom of comedy? I don't know. I felt like we just uh, we listened. We had a lot so much of, fun, it became not fun. We, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's I don't know. It's, I think it's one of those things where like I, I'm sure comedy movies will get really good again, and I'm sure there are ones out there that are really good that I just haven't seen because I think it's harder for a comedy to catch my eye now too. Being in the world of comedy, you know, yeah. now usually for entertainment, I don't want to watch comedy because I don't want to think about 
oh, how do I need to up my game? You know what I mean? That's the hard thing sometimes. Yeah. That's why I don't watch comedy special locks. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. It's like studying game tape. I don't need to do that right now. You know. Studying me, game tape. Let me watch something else. Let me watch Fargo again. That's uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's. I honestly, I think it all comes down to, it's the most subjective genre, and it's also the like Absolutely. the most challenging. That, you know, you show someone Anchorman, and someone's gonna think it's the best comedy ever, and then someone's just gonna be like, "This is stupid." Uh, right. Whereas, like, you watch, I don't know like Apollo 13, just something that's like an Oscar, like classic, you know, all these famous mm-hmm. actors got Tom Hanks. It's like, everyone's probably going to objectively love that movie, you know, or at least enjoy it. No one's just going right. to be like, this is stupid. You uh, know, <laughs> Jim Lovell might hate it. Gives him flashbacks. Um, that's who, those are Tom Hanks plays in it. Learn history people. No. Uh, but I, I think also too, with comedy, like you said, it's, it has to be made well, which I think everyone making it kind of has to be in on the joke. You know, you gotta have a good comedy editor. You gotta, you gotta have someone who knows how to shoot comedy. You gotta know, you have a good comedy director. Everyone kind of has to know what the joke of the movie is. And then even if you have all that perfectly on the other end of this, people going like, I don't get that joke. It's stupid. I hate this movie now. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? For sure, it's, it's it, you almost get two. You get an extra chance to fail that those other movies don't, a little bit, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't. I'll go. <laughs> oh, Josh, you look like you're about to say something. No, no, I was I was trying to not laugh because I thought he was gonna say something. I didn't want my laugh to interrupt the next thing Logan was gonna say. Oh God, you know, as a comedian, I hate when when laughs. You know, yeah, but imagine you were about to like finish. You were about to do a thought, and I'm just like, <laughs> like, I like how you did an impression of yourself. Uh, and yeah. the impression of him was eating the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I laugh when I'm laughing out of nowhere. <laughs> I do a great me. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, you know, it's it's been a real pleasure talking to you guys about this. Um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely see when it comes to comedy movies. You know, a, a year or two from now, we could be like totally wrong, and they could just have a I huge hope upswing. So. We have no. I, I hope so too. That's I hope the thing. so. Like, I yeah. want. Like, I'm one of those people. Like, I think some people go into like comedy related things, and they're just like, yeah, but pr- prove to me that you're funny. Whereas, like, like when I go to open mics or like shows, it's like I I want to have a good time. Like, I want to laugh. Yeah. Like, I love laughing. <laughs> right. Whereas, like, some people are like, "Well, let me see." But this, uh, this thing people say are funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we may be blessed, uh, you know, a year or two from now from having, you know, what what seems like not that many great comedy movies out to having just a whole bunch starring Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> Who's Kevin McCarthy? I was, I was kind of just. Oh, you're doing a Kevin Melissa. Hart and Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the, oh! So th- what you've created? See, now I like this. This is now a world <laughs> where the two of them have been genetically combined to combined, create the ultimate yeah. comedy superstar. <laughs> no, I like it better if they had a kid, and for some reason they they took they Melissa McCarthy's to last name Kevin and McCarthy. named him Kevin. <laughs> or it's just some guy. It's just some other guy. Just some. Just hi. Hey, it's me, Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, I was a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of podcasts, please check out the Josh Johnson Hell show. Hell yeah. <laughs> check that fucking segue, Prosec. Come on, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Going on a high note. That segue. 
Come on. Logan, you're hired as my hype man. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> if, fuck only, yeah. if only everyone gave credit for segues like that. Just like, oh, right, we're gonna, a bit. We're going to derail the actual segue just to talk about oh, the yeah. segue. Well, because I like, <laughs> I like when a segue is good and also when it's very transparent. So I like to really <laughs> I like to celebrate it. It's like when those podcasts will like drop an ad, but they try to make it seem like it's still part of like an interview conversation. It's just like, yeah, it's a good point, Logan. Speaking of Logan, uh, you know, we're talking about Casper mattresses. My and- favorite is when they do it on like true crime murder podcasts. That's sometimes the funniest shit to me. Where they're just like, I know, like the state of the world has you stressed, and sometimes I get stressed, and that's why I like to use the Calm app. And if you use the promo code for this, you know. It- Sometimes, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm not stabbed in my sleep, so I want to lay my head down on a Casper mattress. Like, I really want to. <laughs> uh, for sure. But, yeah, please. Uh, uh, but genuinely, check out the Josh Johnson Show. Um, would you guys like to plug your social medias before we uh, end this? Um, sure. If you are looking for me on Instagram, you can find me at Josh Johnson Comedy. I'm on Twitter at Josh Johnson Facebook at Josh J Comedy and YouTube at Josh Johnson Comedy again. Uh, and Sorry. I started laughing because not only were you doing your social medias, which are all just different versions of Josh something, but also <laughs> that he just shifted into how we end the Josh Johnson show. He literally just went, if you want to reach me, <laughs> it was just fun to see you dip into like host mode there. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's the only way I know how to do it. I, <laughs> Anything else doesn't sound or feel natural. Right. Uh, and I'm on Instagram at Logan M. Nielsen. <laughs> and that's the only one I got. I'm not on the other ones. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Brandon Prosek. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on today. Thanks uh, for having us, man. Pops. Thank you for yeah. having us, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we'll have to, a year from now, let's just, like, see where comedy movies are and we'll just, like, <laughs> shit on yeah. Sandler some more. <laughs> Guys, 10 years from now, let's meet at this spot and have this same conversation. Okay? Let's have the best summer ever, and then let's do that. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, uh, like yours, I think sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to end it, so I'll just end it somewhere (laughs) in there. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.